Window to the Magic, Season 15, Kickoff and Introduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 15 of the Window to the Magic podcast. Before we get into the audio for today's episode, I'm going to just take a little bit of time here and just kind of off the cuff talk to you guys about the trip that I took to Europe earlier this year that has spurred the audio that you will be hearing throughout Season 15. Now, not a lot of you know, uh, but we've been doing a, a number of things behind the scenes in, uh, in the world of Window to the Magic, not the least of which has been a recent turn, uh, unfortunately, in my mobility situation. The other day, actually, on July 17th, I took a step and, unfortunately, my knee decided that it was going to not agree with that move. And so what ended up happening is I've spent some time in the doctor's offices and I've got an appointment with my orthopedics uh, department uh, to take a look and uh, kind of try and explain the pain and the uh, the situation that I'm going through at this time. Right now, I am uh, almost unable to walk unless I use a cane, and even then, it's it's very slow and uh, it's not comfortable. And uh, I just have taken the last week off of work to try and rest the leg to see if we can get it back to where we're operating. Now, for those of you that are wondering what this is going to mean for Window to the Magic, because of the timing on this, it's actually quite perfect. Now, obviously, we still have Calvin, we still have Bryn, and we still have Michelle, who will be going into the Disney parks and will be bringing you fun audio for you to enjoy. At the same time, I, while I'm working on my healing, am going to be back in the studio here and will be editing the audio that I recorded when I went to Europe. My intention when I originally started this all was to record all of this trip that I took to Europe. And because Calvin and Brian had gone to Walt Disney World in February to combine that and to use it throughout season 15 as a way of giving me some time away to work on my walking and weight loss and to hopefully get this uh, going again. Now, I had no idea at the time when I was planning it just how much or how important this was going to be because this planning was going on back in January and February. Uh, I had no idea that in July I would be uh, messing up my knee and would seriously be needing a little bit of time off. Uh, so, here's, uh, here's the deal. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share my audio that I recorded in Europe and, and Brian and and Calvin's audio from Walt Disney World. My Europe audio is the first show of each month. And then Brian and Calvin 
at Walt Disney World as the second show, which is uh, we do it on the first and the third Mondays of every month. Then, if uh, Bryn or Calvin or Brian happens to go into Disneyland and have an adventure, then I will share that on the second or the fourth Monday of the month that they recorded in, or as soon as I can get it produced. Also, with fingers crossed here, my recovery, I'm hoping, will be a quick and permanent one, which means that I will be able to get back into the parks. Right now, I'm in a situation where I cannot bend my knee enough to ride attractions, so what I would be able to do would be very limited even if I could get into the parks. Now, I am dying to get into Disneyland and whatever again, and so I will, as soon as I have permission from my doctors, be going in and I will probably be renting an ECV and will be rolling around the parks and you can bet that I will be bringing you guys along to experience that with me. This is an all-new experience for me, not being able to move freely around the parks, and it will be interesting to be in that perspective coming from that point of view, something I have never done before. Having said all of this, I've got a little bit more to talk about before we get into this week's audio. Now, the first thing is, is that Window to the Magic has recently released on our Tee Public store a series of Since, S-I-N-C-E, shirts. And what we mean by that is when you go there, you will see shirts that have the Window to the Magic logo. And then it says, Window to the Magic listener since 2005 or since 2006. We have one up for every year that Window to the Magic has been around. And on top of that, we have t-shirts that say Window to the Magic supporter since. And you can select your year, make your purchase. Clinton from the Comedy Forecast podcast just messaged me yesterday and uh, showed me his shirt that just showed up. Window to the Magic listener and supporter since 2005. He's been a a, a good friend and a longtime friend of the show and uh, definitely uh, excited to see his shirt when it arrived. And we checked out the print quality and as always, TeePublic does a wonderful job. So uh, if you are a fan of Window to the Magic enough that you would like to tell the world about it, go to our um, social media and we have links to it there as well. Just look for the blue t-shirt with the window to the magic iPod and monorail. That will be a link to the store so you can make a purchase and a window to the magic, of course, gets a little bit of, uh, I think it's two and a half dollars or something like that for each shirt that you purchase. And we certainly appreciate it if you uh, would Go there using our links so that uh, so that we do get the kickback from that. It it helps keep us going to the parks, and uh, <laughs> especially at this point, it seems kind of silly to be paying for an annual pass that I can't use. But 
Darn it, as soon as I can use that, I will be back there. We'll be bringing you audio adventures from Disneyland to the best of my abilities. Definitely an interesting time here. Now, back at the beginning of the year, I went to Europe. I took off from LAX, and I flew to Amsterdam. Now, the reason I flew to Amsterdam was because, as you will know from listening to previous episodes of Window to the Magic, my good friend Michelle Beaumont and his wife live just outside of Amsterdam, and we planned to take a trip, and it was kind of an epic trip. We visited eight countries over 21 days, and we went to three, or actually four different theme parks, over five days. I recorded all of this for you. We thought, you know, since we happen to be in the area going to these theme parks, we should really kind of hit up some of the local attractions as well. My trip kind of went like this, and this is going to be the trip report portion of this episode. So if you're not a fan of trip reports, just go ahead and fast forward until you hear the show start I, I took off out of LAX. I was flying on KLM Airlines. It was my first time ever flying them, and I was excited because I was going to be on a big old 747 jet. I found out once I got in the 747, which is very, very huge, that just because the plane is big does not mean the seats are. <laughs> it was really, really tight. I was lucky enough to be seated in a row of three where I was on the aisle. I had done that on purpose. It looked like my two seats to the right were going to be empty at the time of boarding. However, I, uh, I was seated next to two Dutch gentlemen, and uh, thankfully Dutch uh, people are thin <laughs> and tall, and so when they came in, they climbed over and sat next to me. You know, we had a good, a good chat, became friends, if you will, on the way to Amsterdam. This was a 12-hour flight. It was the longest flight that I've ever taken. And it was quite an adventure. I, I found, uh, you know, I've flown to Walt Disney World a number of times. And, you know, that six-hour flight, five and a half hours, whatever it is, that's, that can be a long flight. Um, 12 hours is a totally different animal. Oh, boy. Uh, I found myself getting up and walking around the plane. Thankfully, it was a dead, steady flight. I don't know whether it was just the height we were at or whether it's the 747 being such a steady plane or what the deal was, but it, we were just, it was beautiful. So we were able to get up at any time, and there was some time where we would just get up, walk around the plane, come to a stop next to a stairway, you know, the one that goes up to first class or whatever, and just kind of stand there and chat and have a good time, talk with the flight crew and talk with each other. This was quite an experience, and I hadn't even gotten to Europe yet. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting way to start your visit. Now, once I got to Amsterdam, I was greeted and, and picked up uh, by my friends Dennis and his husband, Herwin. And uh, we went uh, into the city of Amsterdam. 
we had a little bit of time before Michelle got off work that day. Now, Michelle was working for a company at the time um, that gave him two weeks off in, uh, it was like a spring break kind of deal. So he was off starting that Friday, but I arrived on Wednesday. Uh, so he had to work on, on Wednesday and then again on Thursday. And then we started our adventure in earnest on, uh, on Friday. But uh, so I landed on Wednesday. We went into Amsterdam and this was, uh, this was very interesting. It was my first time ever being out of the United States. Uh, it was my first time ever needing a passport for anything. I actually had to get a passport to go on this flight. Once I got to Amsterdam, I was it was as if I was in a completely different country. It was weird. I went and I went to buy a bottle of water and and get something to eat. And I was looking at the different shops and whatever. And what I ended up buying was a banana. And this was at a market, like a like a supermarket that was inside the airport. I this is something completely different than exists at American airports, which is why I bring it up. Very, very interesting. It was my first time using a different currency. I was using the euro. I had pre-purchased some euros, and then I also had a, a credit card from a company who, who um, I'll go ahead and say their name. They're not a sponsor, but uh, I use Capital One, and Capital One allows you to use your card overseas without any fees. And so it was the same using it here in the United States as it was using it over there. So that was that was really handy. We walked through. Uh, we tried some of the local food. Uh, we tried a thing called a frikandel, and we tried a thing called a croquette. And uh, this was something that, that Dennis was very excited, and, and Michelle also was very excited to introduce some new foods to me. And uh, the Dutch are very proud of their food and of their country. And so they were very excited for me to try this. I loved the, uh, the frikandel. And I liked the croquette a lot. The frikandel was kind of like a, like a sausage, but battered and deep fried. And then the croquette was kind of like a, a beef goulash or a meat goulash that was also battered and fried. And you got these things through uh, these little stores. You just as you're walking along in Amsterdam, you go in and they have this whole wall that has these little doors and they're vending machines. But they're vending machines for hot food, and there's people behind them that keep filling them. You go up and you put your dollar, well, your euro or your two euros or whatever the cost is for the item in. You can then open the door and take your hot food out and enjoy it. And it was very, very tasty. We also tried, as is customary in Amsterdam, the French fries with mayonnaise. Before you guys, you know, get all grossed out and everything, mayonnaise in Amsterdam is different than it is here. It's a little sweeter, and uh, it was actually quite enjoyable. Now, I wouldn't say that this would be something that I would eat on a regular basis if I lived over there. 
I mean, I might because that's what they eat. But for me, you know, first off, French fries are not a big thing that I eat on a regular basis. And while I like mayonnaise, just using it as a dipping sauce is not something I do. But it was an adventure, and that was awesome. Now, I spent the next day in Amsterdam. I stayed with Michelle and T at their house. And the next morning when I woke up, I took two buses and a train into Amsterdam. And uh, that in itself was an adventure because I didn't read the language. I, I didn't know how things worked and whatever. And through the help of FaceTime video, uh, I was able to find my way into the train station. And then through the, uh, through the kindness of the train station staff, I was able to purchase my ticket and find my way into Amsterdam. And of course, the first thing you do when you go into Amsterdam, you're in a completely different country, a third of the way around the world. What's the first thing you do? You buy a hot dog and you go to the Apple store. Yeah. I had been told uh, when I was down in downtown Los Angeles a couple of weeks before my trip by my Uber driver that when I arrived in Amsterdam that I should go out of the train station and there's a food truck out there that just sells hot dogs and that I should get one. And I thought, you know, that's such a specific request that I really need to do that. I don't know whether it was this guy's brother-in-law or something, you know, and he was just drumming up business for his family, but, but whatever it was, I went out there, I, there was a, a food truck that just sold hot dogs, and I got myself a hot dog, and then I took off into Amsterdam, looking around, checking everything out. I had a bad charging cable for my iPhone, and so I headed to the Apple store, which was like two miles away. I don't know what the conversion is for kilometers, but it took me through a large portion of town and, and across uh, several of the canals, and it gave me a good look at the city of Amsterdam, the downtown area, and the surrounding area, and uh, it was pretty, pretty cool. It's definitely different there. It's, it's gorgeous. And there are a lot of people in Amsterdam. <laughs> I can definitely see that it's a tourist destination, and it's well worth it. And when I was done at the Apple Store, I headed to what is known as the Amsterdam Dungeon. And this is a thing that my friend Dennis had uh, given me complimentary ticket to. So I definitely wanted to go, as the idea of the Amsterdam Dungeon is to teach you about the history of Amsterdam, like little vignettes. They take you on a tour through this building that they have where they have things set up and different scenes, and they tell you about the history of their city. And it was, it was very entertaining, very, uh, very fun. And I thank Dennis a lot for sharing that with me. After I was done at the dungeon, I went over to the train station again as... Michelle's wife had come into town when she got off work to meet up with me, and then Michelle was going to meet me later, as we were going to have dinner, and then we were going to go to the Anne Frank house. Anne Frank being that little girl who wrote the diary, you know, the diary of Anne Frank. We got to go up into the actual house that uh, the Frank family was in during the Second World War, and we actually got to crawl up into and walk around in the area that they actually lived in 
during their ordeal. Boy, sobering. <laughs> Boy, and this was one of the first uh, brushes with World War II that I was going to have during my trip, and it was definitely something that I would not have missed. The next day was Friday. We were all together, and we went to the Efteling theme park, which is the audio that you're going to be hearing today. The Efteling theme park is the preeminent theme park in the Netherlands, and for the Dutch people, it is basically Dutch Disneyland, as you will hear described in the audio. It is something that they have known for their entire lives. It's a very old park. The park's been around for a long time, and it started from very humble roots as fairy tales and things like that. And then as it's grown up, they've added more rides, roller coasters and things. And throughout the course of season 15, you will get to hear some of those that I experienced during my day. And one of the coolest parts of this first day was being able to go into the Efteling theme park and meet up with some of my Dutch listeners who had come out to the Efteling to meet me. I'm always honored when this happens. Even after 15 years, it has not become less special, even by a percentage. The fact that Don and also Michelle, and you'll, you'll find out uh, later on about uh, Michelle and Don, they came out to hang out with us as they knew that I was going to be there. They talked to Michelle Beaumont and arranged to come out and meet up with us. So when I got there, they were there waiting, and it was an honor to meet them, and we hung out in the parks. Also, Michelle had only a short period of time to hang out with us, but Don was able to hang out the entire day, which was also great. The Efteling theme park itself is highly entertaining. It's very, very different from what we're used to in the United States and what Disney presents as a theme park. Even though they're basically the exact same concept, the execution and the, the stories and the way that things are fleshed out are very, very different. It's, it's almost difficult to put into words because on this show, we're going to go into a ride called Dream Flight, which is just basically a hanging Omnimover attraction that flies through a dream. This is probably not something that would sell in the United States, especially since it deals with, you know, fairies and trolls and, and things like that. It's just not something I don't think that the American public would accept. But the Dutch people in their country, that's very much a part of them. And so it's it's was really neat to go in and see how entertainment is different in different parts of the world. We also got the chance to ride the uh, Vogel Rock, I think, or something, Vogel Rock or something. It's, it's a bird rock, rock bird, uh, which is a, a roller coaster along the way of a Space Mountain. 
And then uh, one of the one of the silly throwaway type attractions that I locked onto when we first started planning my vacation to Europe was there's this literally I call it a crown on a stick. And it is a rotating observation platform that is on the end of this long arm. And it's just, it's got seats. And I'll share pictures of it on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter. You know, we've, we have them here in the United States as well, I found out. <laughs> Apparently there was one at Legoland that was called uh, Island in the Sky, I think. One of the pictures I'm going to share on Monday will be of uh, a comparison between the Pagoda, which is the one in the Efteling theme park, and the Island in the Sky from Legoland in Florida. And it just shows the difference between <laughs> the sensibilities of the Dutch and America. It's embarrassing for America, to be honest with you. I had such a good time going through the park and seeing all of this stuff. This is just kind of an introduction to bring you up to speed about what it is you're going to be hearing over the next 12 months on the Window to the Magic podcast. Now, I've got three or four shows from the Efteling theme park. We went to Europa Park in Germany. I have three or four shows from there. And then we went to the Disneyland Paris Resort in uh, just outside of Paris in Marne-la-Vallée. Let's see, I think I have I think I have eight shows from there or something like that. I mean, we, I spent three days in in the parks, so I should have eight or nine shows, maybe maybe ten. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know how many shows I have to be honest with you. It's going to be interesting because. Disneyland Paris is also very different, and so it will be fun for me to introduce all of this to you guys through my eyes. Sure, Michelle has been there and has shared audio from there before, and we've talked about it and such, but nothing actually is the same as being there. And so as you and I walk through these places together, Hopefully, you will enjoy these non-Disneyland theme parks as much as I enjoyed going to them and then am enjoying bringing them to you. Now, before I sign off and before we go ahead and start the official beginning of Season 15, I'll just go very quickly over what the rest of my trip in encompassed. We went to the Netherlands, as I just got through explaining, we went to Belgium. We went into Bruges, Belgium, and spent a day there. Now, apparently, all of these countries, one of the things I didn't know about Europe was that it's everything is so compact that, you know, I, I teased Michel one time. He said that if he went 90 minutes south, he would be in Belgium. And if he went 90 minutes east, he would be in Germany. And I said, you know, if I go 90 minutes south, I'm in Los Angeles. And if I go 90 minutes east, I'm in Los Angeles. It's, it's not technically true, but I'm still in the L.A. basin. And that's the difference. I was able to visit eight different countries because countries were just an hour and a half away. 
And so we could drive into Belgium in, in the morning, park, go into their downtown area, explore the, the Bruges beer experience, and check out the churches, and take some photos, which I'll be sharing with you over the next year, and then turn around and drive back to Michelle's house at the end of the evening. And it was just a 90-minute drive home. So it was pretty cool to be able to do that. So Netherlands and Belgium, and then we took off and went into Germany. We spent a couple of days in Germany. We went to Frankfurt, and we went to Munich, and we went to Salzburg. In each of these places, we did the local, you know, th this was basically an overview vacation for me. My plan, and, and it still is, assuming I can get my knee back into shape, is to go back and spend more time in each of these countries and to do, you know, a little deeper. Go to some of the museums and check them out. We just basically went, checked things out, looked around, enjoyed the food, and then moved on. It was one of those times when, in your vacation, getting there was the main attraction. Driving from Germany into Switzerland was an epic adventure on its own. Then we went into, we stopped for lunch in the smallest country, uh, Liechtenstein, which I think is like six miles by eight miles in size. It's ridiculously small. And that was the only time, actually, that we experienced anybody who had any sort of unfriendliness to strangers, anybody who was not willing to make an effort to communicate. But then we spent two days in Zermatt, Switzerland. If you look up Zermatt, Switzerland, you're going to see a picture of the Matterhorn. And the reason that you're going to see the Matterhorn is because Zermatt, Switzerland is right at the base of the Matterhorn. Before we went to Zermatt, though, we went to Neuschwanstein Castle. Neuschwanstein Castle in Germany is the castle that inspired Walt Disney for the design of Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland. And if you've ridden Soarin' Over the World, you've seen this castle. Also, if you saw the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the bad guy, the castle that he lived in, the one where they took Grandpa, that was Neuschwanstein Castle. This has always been a castle that I have seen in pictures, and I've seen this beautiful valley back behind it with a lake and rolling hills. And I had always said, and I said when I saw Soren over the world, I want to go there and I want to stay in that little town. And that's exactly what we did. I asked Michelle to book us in there. We stayed in a little motel right at the base of the mountain that Neuschwanstein Castle is built upon, and it was a dream come true. To be there and to, to physically be in that castle that I had seen as a boy on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that I knew was the, the, the basis of Disneyland's castle Oh, it was just amazing. And then the Matterhorn in Switzerland, I found out what altitude sickness feels like. I had actually had a brush with that when Michelle and T were here, and we went to the Grand Canyon. 
because I did not realize that the lip of the Grand Canyon is over 7,000 feet above sea level. I never realized <laughs> that this hole in the ground was actually so high up in the air. It's kind of weird. I, I never knew that the Grand Canyon was was elevated like that. The mountain that we went up when we were in Zermatt is the one next to the Matterhorn, and that way you can see the Matterhorn in all its glory and the rest of the mountains around it. And uh, it the mountain that we went up was called the Gornergrat. We took the Gornergrat Bahn, which is the Gornergrat train. It's an all-electric train that goes up the mountain and goes up to an observatory at the top of the Gornergrat, which is at 10,500 feet above sea level. It only took me about, oh, maybe 50 feet worth of a very slight incline to be completely winded, dizzy, shaking, and needing to sit down. I was completely unprepared for that altitude. And it never even crossed my mind. Apparently, I don't think about these things. It was an experience that I will never forget. I'm not sure that I'll go back there because it was so difficult to get there. It was so expensive to be there. One of the stories that I tell when people ask me about that is we showed up late in the evening and we had not eaten because you're driving through the Swiss Alps. And so it's not like you can just pull off at the local McDonald's and get something. You know, it's just mountains with a with a road going through it and huge, huge, long tunnels through these mountains. Just tunnels like I have never, ever encountered before. So when we arrived in the city of Zermatt, it was late enough that most of the restaurants in the town were closed. And one of the things about Zermatt is that it's a town that doesn't allow cars. So we had to park in the next town over, which is called Tesh. And you have to take a train in to Zermatt, and then you walk to wherever you're going to go. Again, as I said, the scale is very, very small. But still, there, you know, the only vehicles that were moving around, there's no combustion engines allowed at all. Everything is electric. And so the only vehicles that you would see moving around were cabs, like little golf cart type cabs, and like trash and things like that. But beyond that, everybody was on foot. When we got into town, there was no place to eat except for the local McDonald's. And so we went in and I ordered a hamburger and fries and an orange Fanta. It was like $23 for this, just for this meal. And we thought, my, the, the McDonald's is really, you know, moving you over the coals in this town. What we found out was, no, it's the entire city. Because of its isolation, because the way that it is set up, you're stuck there. And so everything is insanely expensive. And so while it was, uh, it was definitely something that I enjoyed, and it would be something I would tell you if you asked me, hey, should I go to Zermatt and check out the Matterhorn? I would say, absolutely, you should go. But will I go back again? Eh, probably not. But then after we were done with Switzerland, then we went into Germany, 
we went to Europa Park, which is in Roost, Germany. Uh, it's spelled Rust, but it's uh, it's Roost, Germany. And we spent a day there. That is a theme park, which is like a showcase for the Mach family, M-A-C-K, uh, Mach Attractions. So it's just chuck full of every type of attraction you could think of, every theme, every type of thing. They had several different monorails, big monorails, mid-sized monorails, little people movers, just all kinds of things. And it, it was really a fun park to kind of go around and just experience this completely different type of theme park. I know that when that audio comes up that you guys are going to enjoy it greatly. And then the rest of our trip involved going uh, back through Luxembourg, which was just a day trip for us, and then we went to France. I spent a week in France. We spent three days, three, four days. We spent a day for arriving in Paris. We spent three days at Disneyland Paris Resort, and then I spent three more days after Michelle and T took off to go back home as their vacation was over already. My vacation was three weeks long, and theirs was two. It was definitely an epic adventure going through and checking out Disneyland Paris and Disney Studios Paris. I have lots of audio from that, and you're going to enjoy every single bit of it. And then for the last two days that I had, two full days, I went into Paris I checked out the Arc de Triomphe. I walked down the Champs-Élysées. I stopped at a street-side cafe. I had myself a baguette. I walked through a couple of palaces along the river, the Sand River. I walked along the Sand River until I got to the gardens of the Louvre, where I moved away from the river, walked through the gardens, went up to the Louvre, which is when I made a mistake, I decided at that point, because looking at the Louvre, I could see that it was just humongous. And I said, okay, I have two days here in Paris. I'm going to come back tomorrow, and I will do all day at the Louvre. And that way I can give it the respect that it deserves. And unfortunately, the Louvre is closed on Tuesdays. And so I didn't know this until I got back to my hotel on Monday night, and it was too late. So one thing that I have on my list for my next trip to Paris is to go back and to spend a day visiting the Louvre, not on a Tuesday. But back to walking through the gardens of the Louvre, I uh, I turned right once I got to the Louvre. I went out to the Seine River again, crossed the river walked down to where the Notre Dame Cathedral is. Now, as you will remember, just a little bit before my trip earlier this year, there was a fire at Notre Dame Cathedral, which destroyed the main portion of the cathedral. And so it was not something that I was able to go into. It was not even something that I was able to walk up to. When I walked onto the island that contained the cathedral, there were armed security guards. I would look at them and say that they were military, you know, holding AR-15 or, or M-16 rifles. 
they had the streets blocked off and you were not able to get anywhere near that cathedral. So I was able to see it from the other side of the river, which I was thankful for. I was able to get a picture of it from my memories. And then I went down into the tube and I took the metro system over to the Eiffel Tower. I had dinner at a roadside cafe uh, right a couple of blocks from the Eiffel Tower. And then I ascended to the top of the Eiffel Tower, 900 and some odd feet, 281 meters off the ground, and celebrated at sunset with a glass of champagne and enjoyed watching the City of Lights become the City of Lights. And if you have never been to Paris and stood at the top of the Eiffel Tower and watched the sunset, oh my, you have not lived. Because that is gorgeous. Definitely something I would like to go back and do again. I'm trying to talk Calvin into going to Disneyland Paris, going into Paris, and maybe uh, taking the train and uh, showing him Efteling Theme Park. I was hoping for next year at this point with my knee, we'll see. Maybe for his 30th birthday, I don't know. But uh, that remains to be seen. But um, anyway, my time in Europe concluded with a train ride to Charles de Gaulle Airport and then a flight back. Uh, both of my flights were nonstop, thankfully. They were both uneventful. This one was even less eventful than the trip there because I was able to get a seat with no one next to me. I befriended the flight staff and was able to get a liter and a half bottle of water instead of just a little cup of water like they were giving to everyone else. And I lived like a king for 12 hours in my seat by myself with a nice family sitting over to the right of me on the other side of that empty seat. And I returned back in, got through security and through customs and Calvin picked me up from the airport. There, in a very large nutshell, is an overview of my trip to Europe. The audio you're going to be hearing over the next 12 months, season 15 of Window to the Magic, is all going to be from this trip that I just explained, and from Calvin and Brian's trip to Walt Disney World, with, of course, some additional Disneyland audio thrown in just as a good measure because just like I don't want to be away from Disneyland for too long, I know you guys don't either. So I hope you enjoy Season 15 of Window to the Magic. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble for the last hour, and I hope that you enjoy this as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. WTTM 623. This episode of Paul Berry's A Window to the Magic is brought to you by you. Yes, you. Window to the Magic is supported by its listeners and is totally commercial sponsor free. Just pure, family friendly, and kid safe entertainment in stunning binaural sound. It takes a lot to keep this show coming to you, and we hope you'll agree that the result is definitely worth the cost. Please support the cause by visiting windowtothemagic.com and signing up for reoccurring support. Together, we can keep the magic alive. You're listening to the Window to the Magic 
Magic.com podcast. Brought to you by windowtothemagic.com. Surround yourself with the magic. Hello, and welcome to A Window to the Magic. My name is Paul, and as always, I will be your guide through the wonderful world of Disney sound experiences. This show is a weekly trip through the world of the Disney theme parks and resorts, and this is the place where you get to use your ears to surround yourself with the magic. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of A Window to the Magic, the ultimate Disney audio adventure. Uh, as uh, never before, I was going to say as always, but it's not as always, as never before, I am in the country of the Netherlands, and I am standing at the entrance of Efteling Theme Park, the preeminent uh, theme park uh, for the Dutch people. Am I correct, Michelle? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Dutch Disney. Dutch Disney. Okay. And uh, as you can hear, I have Michelle with me. Uh, you know Michelle from Disneyland Paris and previous Efteling shows. This is the first time that he and I are walking through the park together. This is amazing. And I'm so looking forward to going inside. Now, with me, I also have I think every Dutch listener, and may, maybe a uh, Belgian listener as well. <laughs> He's a Belgian listener from Dutch. No. Uh, but, um, okay, no, he's a Dutch listener from Belgium. That's the one. Okay. So, we have Dennis. We have, we have Herwin. We have Don. Yes. We have Michelle, as I told you about, and we have... Also, Michelle. <laughs> right? That's correct. That's right. And he's the one that's uh, confused about where he lives. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go into the park. What are we going to do? We're going to we're going to go in. We're now. I want, I want to ride that that the, 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 the crown on a stick. Crown on a stick. Can we, can we ride the crown on a stick? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah no hey, you want to okay. do a big ride first and then the crown on a stick? Uh, you think that's a, a bad idea if we do it the other way? How the the crowds will work? Twenty out. minutes now for twenty. Oh, so that's that's, that's our cue. Yeah. get over there now. Oh, okay. <laughs> then we better. will go to Dream Flight then. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go to Dream Flight. What what? It, let's walk and tell me what this is. What this is? I think it's, it's this way. Yeah. <laughs> we, like we will cut through the fairy tale forest, so people will hear different sounds. Oh, I see. Okay. And, um, but we won't stop and listen to um, yeah, if you're if you're interested in the fairy tale forest, stand by. There's a video coming. Michelle came through here and videotaped everything, and then I looked at him and said, "I don't have any idea what's going on. Please provide subtitles." And he did. So now all I need to do is put them together, and you guys will have a video so that you can see what I'm seeing as we're talking about this right now. Back to Dream Flight. Okay. So, Dream Flight is literally a flight through a dream. Okay. A dream world. Like a fantasy world. Um, yeah. 
Yes. Okay, so. Um, wow, that is a big fish. That is a big fish. It's a monster of the whale. Okay. Okay, so. Dream Flight is not sponsored by Delta like it was at the Magic Kingdom. No. And it is a flight through a dream. Yes. Like a dream world. Okay. Do you want me to go through the scenes or what? Uh, yeah, if, you, if we got time, sure. Yeah. Make sure you're uh, not walking in front of me when you're talking. No, no, no. Um, first, you go into a dark tunnel and go, it goes like, mysterious uh, sounds, uh -huh. uh, music, and then the music starts and you fly over a mountain landscape with waterfalls and, and um, like small tiny forests, uh -huh. and on these mountains there are uh, castles, and these are not your regular Schwanstein uh, or medieval castles, these uh. are fantasy castles with spires and these castles seem to change you know, like the spires get taller and shorter uh -huh. and some castles even seem to breathe oh so that is very dreamlike mm -hmm. so and then you get into the other you get into another stage of sleep uh, like you go through a, a dark tunnel some Twinkly lights and, and and sound effects that go along with it. Uh huh. And then you get into uh, like a fairy garden. Okay. And you will see like uh, fairies, like angel-like creatures. Okay. green creatures on the ground and they are in harmony with all the animals and stuff. Alright, I'm going to take a picture of this fine gentleman yeah. here. I took a picture with you, you know? Uh, sure, yeah. All right, perfect. This is most one of the iconic things of the park, you know. Every child knows this guy. Ah, and who is this guy? Long neck. Well, I don't, I don't know why they call him that. It's just in English is long neck. Okay. Is he a, a, a fairy tale? Yeah. Okay. So if you're interested, I have a photo of me with long neck. And uh, we will uh, post that so that you can see it. Of course, Instagram.com slash WTTM podcast. 
All right, so continuing with the dream, yeah. we've got uh, little fairies and mm -hmm. pixies and yep. things on the ground. And you get another, excuse me, down a, a dark tunnel. Uh huh. And then you get into. Like Benin and Dalton? I said before I was in like an elf garden, uh -huh. but it was um, more of a forest type. Um, Area. And this is the real uh, elf garden with the. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but plants hanging from wherever. Uh huh. And there's um, angel who like elves in it. Okay. Um, a lot of flowers and you smell the flowers. Okay. And then another tunnel? Yeah, a, a long star tunnel. Uh -huh. like, uh, like they have a Peter Pan. Sure. And then you go and you start dreaming of space. But then there are no satellites or like in this dream, but there are castles floating into space oh. and planets. So, and so space like we have now because there's nobody else here. And castles floating above us. <laughs> yes, not at all correct, but appropriate. I'm literally describing what we're walking past at this point and it just happened to fit. That's a neat stroller. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, and then you go up and you get, um, you come into a, for a darker forest and it's raining. Uh-huh. They're bathing and they're playing in the water down below in the rain. Okay. And uh, you go down spiraling. Yeah. <laughs> That's some hair. Check that out. Um, yeah, and then you uh, you slowly touch down on the ground, and there are some last uh, characters, and they're all in harmony. Uh huh. And then you slowly wake up. Oh, very nice. All right, I'm looking forward to this. You're right. This is a a big park. Yeah. This is the shortcut. <laughs> And we have made it out of the fantasy forest, or whatever it's called. Is that what it was called? Fantasy forest? Fairy tale forest. And we are coming out into an area that has, it's like red roof, kind of tile roofs, and almost a, a Mexican style look to them. Old Dutch style. Old Dutch? Is that the with the whoop whoop and then the round on top? That's Dutch. Huh. It looks looks like uh, the Mexican uh, or the Spanish uh, style of uh, like the churches they built throughout California. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, they, okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. The missions. I think this yeah. is actually after the fairy tale forest, one of the oldest parts of the park, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does it does appear to uh, have some classic feel to it. Yeah, but that's the that's on purpose. That's the idea of the park. Yeah. yeah. Anton Peak, that was the designer uh -huh. of the park. He previously made uh, drawings for the books of Grimm. Uh huh. So the Efteling contacted him and he made uh, very romantic uh, sketches. Oh, okay. And uh, that's what they recreated here. Long after uh, Uncle Peak passed away, they built on the, the scenes that he created, ah. on the style. So this is St. Nicholas Place. Place. Yeah, he's kind of the, the, the Dutch Santa Claus. Right, yes. Well, actually Santa Claus is based on, on him. Right. In the story, they're brothers. In the story, they're brothers. Okay. So they don't get along, is what you're saying. <laughs> Have to remember to take pictures in addition to doing audio. <laughs> ah. Okay. Looks a little... Uh, Ariel under the sea <laughs> shells and things. <laughs> oh, there, there are tub tulips. Okay. On either side of the, of the Oh yes, I see them now. now. Now that you point them out, I see them. I did not see them before that. Why? Because they're red and green. So did I read that sign correctly, that if you're in a wheelchair, you can do a virtual dream flight? Yep. Interesting. Yep. I've done that. And what is it like? Yeah, like, it's like uh, you sit in a chair, uh -huh. and you put a VR helmet on, like uh, the void. Oh, wow. And then you experience the ride with smells and sounds and sights. Really? That's neat. That's not... Yeah, we have that for a couple of months now. Well, that's right. Yeah. Maybe it's going on a year now. Yeah, this summer a year. Because yep. you know, if, if you're in a wheelchair and you go on this ride and the ride breaks down, breaks down, you no, can't get you out. You can't get out, right. We have a tour booked through Paris. Uh, what? We have a, a tour booked? No. The city of Paris? No, I'm just, just going to be going tube. going on my own. I'm just going to walk in and look around and see what I can find. I was going to go look at what used to be uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm not sure if you can get on the island at this moment. Yeah, well, i got a couple of weeks, so I'm hoping the island opens up so I can at least see it. Um, I I have. Uh, it's close to the Louvre. You can walk from the Louvre to there. I have sunset uh, tickets to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Okay. I have tickets for uh, the Moulin Rouge dinner and show. If you can uh, walk full day in Disneyland, you can walk from the Arc de Triomphe to the Louvre. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you're used to walking, well, if you go to theme parks, you're used to walking, no? <laughs> yes. But With I all have the little best kids, so <laughs> right? Yeah, I have. With the tube, it's very easy to. I'm having uh, walking issues um, because of my fall from several years ago. Yeah, okay then. And uh, with uh, some foot issues. Well, I think it is pretty important to, to plan your which tubes you're gonna take. Because if you're gonna take a tube in Paris, it's a lot of walking even into the platforms of the tubes. Yeah. The stations are really, really, really big. So okay. Even with a maybe. I think it's interesting to look at the cards. How you gonna, how you gonna plan to do it? Yeah. So sometimes you take a tube, uh, the stairs down here, and <laughs> it looks like you, you're walking to the other side of Paris. Oh, <laughs> yikes! Yeah, I'll have to do my best and yeah, see what. Uh, it's to plan uh, the website of the Paris tube company. They have information about that. Mm. Oh. I'll follow you. Thank you. We've just gotten onto a moving... Uh, like an inverted Omnimover system. Yeah, hanging Omnimover. Entering a dark hallway. Into the forest. 
looks like are singing, swinging from trees. Do they look slightly evil to you? No, no, no. no? time of the creation, how they made the faces. There's a king waving at us from a sunflower. Then we go through another tunnel. I'm guessing that this is uh, either Spaceship Earth or the space that you were talking about. Boy, these things really move. Neat. Yeah, this is one of the best 
That was very cool. I like that. Let me take a picture of the ferry here. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's very neat. And very pretty. Yes. Neat and pretty. Pretty neat. We walk through the gift shop, pass the ride photo. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do I look as confused as I felt? Because uh, yeah, one of your friends, I don't know who should mention names, but one of your friends said this is a weird thing. He did not understand it. Uh, maybe because you got the Dutch narrative from me. Uh huh. Maybe. Possibly. Or would you say this is a weird ride? Well, this is not a common. Type ride, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's very fa and fantastical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we'll skip the uh, guy having the code V back there, <laughs> and uh, we'll walk this way. All right. So now we go uh, ride the crown on a stick. Is that a bad idea? No. Okay. There you go. We could we could ride if the weights are on the indoor roller coaster. We pass by it. Oh really? Yeah. Is it the fast roller coaster or? It's the family roller coaster. Oh. Okay. It's not as fast as Space Mountain. Like okay. I just want to make sure what I'm in for. Okay. And the music is very nice. Well, I'm. We'll stop saying that because all the music here is very, very nice. Okay. To my opinion. All right. Who heard my shows? Maybe they can. I can test for that. <laughs> yes, exactly. So far, I've enjoyed the music here very much. Yeah, how, did, how did you like the the music of the ride? Did you notice it? I uh, that, that's uh, not so much. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was there, but I I couldn't identify it if you played it. Mm -hmm. But uh, but no, it it didn't seem distracting. At all, so having done it like a, a million times, uh -huh. I was very happy at the moment uh, we came into the the planet uh -huh. area because that is the best part of the 
uh, of the piece. Ah, the end. It's very dramatic. Much, yeah, much, it has much oomph. And the beginning, right after we left, it started again. Oh. And that's very thin. It's like the same. It's a it's a build up uh -huh. of the same uh, melody. Okay. With more and more instruments. All right. So the beginning is really thin, if that makes sense. Yes. Light. And, yeah, light. And then it goes heavier and heavier and with the big release. Yeah. <laughs> yes. At the end. Yeah. So you want to go first to Bertrand? Bertrand. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. Bertrand. <laughs> Yeah, which means skirt of the bird. Yeah, I've skirt seen of the bird. A, a, a vlogger uh, translated that word. Skirt of a bird. But, uh, well, you can see that crown on a stick from anywhere, can't yeah. you? Almost uh, every place in the park you can see it. Yeah. Alright, so as we're walking around here, I'm going to go ahead and audio fast pass you guys up to the uh, up to the entrance of the next portion where it gets interesting. So, I will see you guys uh, right about now. And welcome to the front of the line here. We are on what ride now? Yeah, right. What, what's that translate to? Bird. Bird of the rock. Alright. Rock bird. And we are getting into a roller coaster type ride. Sitting down, pulling lap bars down. And here we go. Yes. Woohoo! Oh! <laughs> There's a big egg. Oh boy!
describe that one. Um, come. Um, so we were flying around in the dark with a bird. Lots of. Like I said, very Space Mountain. It, they made it more Space It's actually very dark, too. Very, very dark. Well, that was fun. Alright, so we're going to Head on over to the Crown on a Stick so we can end this show and then we'll grab some lunch. Bless you. There's a train in the middle of the water. Literally went right across the lake. Neat. Yeah. I don't think in the United States they will prove that. Nope. Because you can step out in yep. a minute if you want. Absolutely. We used to uh, used to have things like that when we were smart enough not to get out. We're not smart enough anymore. <laughs> well, the world is overcrowded. So. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Natural selection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Americans have a strong belief in two things. I don't have to follow the rules, and everybody needs to protect me. Oh yeah. So. As uh, a theme park owner, you cannot rely on common, common sense. No. No. Because common sense isn't. Common anymore. That's, that's <laughs> the whole thing. Common sense isn't. Oh. I was like, where'd it go? There it is. Right in front of me. It landed. It landed on the ground. And this is open too. So you could literally jump off of this. Yeah, you could. Wow. I, I guess you wouldn't see that kind of thing in, in the US. Nope. Well, they are, there, there is one at uh, Legoland. Legoland, Florida. I don't know if they operate it still, but it used to be there. But that's so really it was, uh, that was Garden. Was that uh, uh, the flying saucer one, or is that the one in Gar uh, Gardaland? Yeah, that's, in, that's, in, that's on the other. Yeah. 
What is there. it themed like then in in Florida? No, I just uh, it just has uh, bright colors. That's what I remember. I haven't done. I know that this is the yet. most pretty one. Yeah. Yeah, this is very pretty. Short, short line or just hidden by trees? Wait, that is a big stick. Remember the story that I told you about my uncle? That he brought the stick here? With oh, the, yes. Yeah. That was a big truck. I sent him a message, uh, send me the photos. Ah. He, he replied and said, well, I have to... It's old school photos, you know, like, like 30 scan years. Them. Yeah, scan them. Yeah. He's going to scan them in for you. Oh, sweet. That's no, a I lot of up. speak to my uncle very much but, uh, <laughs> about that. Uh, they say, uh, it yeah. says... Um, if you are with a group, go together to the... Ah, uh, the crown on the stick. Here we are. Quick, sit down. Where'd he go? Come on back. <laughs> we sit on the side with the sun. Oh yeah, that's what you tell me, but Oh, here we go. Hey everyone, this is uh, Paul and I'm out here at Efteling Park in the Netherlands. And I am currently up above the Symbolica attraction. We are riding in a huge pagoda that is uh, suspended by a stick in the air. <laughs> So you see all of these trees here with these buildings. This is the theme park. It's so beautiful here. Wound inside all of these trees that you're looking at now is the fairy tale forest. You can see off in the distance there, the um, that's the entrance. Michelle, you're here. Why are you watching? <laughs> he's watching so he can have the feeling like he's standing. Like he's standing, yeah. <laughs> There. So we are floating above the Efteling theme park in the Netherlands. All of the trees and all of the buildings that you see in this area are all part of the attractions here. 
looks like we may be going back down already. You see down here there's a boat ride. This is a very old park with some new attractions. None of the boats are moving right now. That's interesting. It broke down. How does water break down? Well, we are flying. That is where we came from down there. And we are uh, we are in a giant, what I call a crown. That's a pagoda. I can show you. Looks like this. The boats have started moving again. Yes. The water was broken, but it is, it is better now. There you go. Just a fun little look overview from the crown on a stick, as I call it, here at the Efteling Park in the Netherlands. thrilling end to the first show here from the Efteling in the Netherlands. So I'm hungry. What do you say we go get some food? Does that work? I don't know if we're going to go get some poffages, but uh, you know, I, I would like to get some food. So with that, I would like to thank you all for listening to A Window to the Magic as we bringing you the best audio adventures from throughout the wonderful world of Disney. And now, from Europe, uh, Efteling Park. We're going to be in uh, Europa Park in Germany, Austria, which, Germany. Uh, and then we are going to be uh, ending up in Disneyland Paris and Disney Studios Paris as well. So, audio adventures from all of those places, because, heck, I'm a world traveler. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We always appreciate your feedback, so be sure to email or call us soon. Email us at podcast at windowtothemagic.com. You can call us at 307-GET-WTTM. You can add us as your friend on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, but if you do nothing else, please go over and uh, follow us on Instagram. We are WTTM Podcast. And we're coming up on uh, 2,000 followers at this point which is nice. I think last time I asked, I was saying that I was hoping to get to a thousand and we've, uh, we've completely blown that out of the water, which is great. So just go over to Instagram and give us a follow. Uh, be sure to join us again next time when I'll be coming to you once again from somewhere in Europe, probably. Uh, so yes, we will uh, see you next time. Some days you eat the bear and some days the bear eats you, but always dress for the hunt. Come to me! Come to me!
Surround yourself with the magic. Okay, bye.